Welcome back to the Pause Rewind Play podcast. We're super happy to have you guys with us once again. Oh, obviously you'll notice it's sadly me again. Sadly. <laughs> Casey had uh, Casey had fatherly matters to attend to, but we've still got a full cast of three today. We've got myself, of course, and Vince. Yo, and yo. Then, and we've got Cade here. You've heard Cade probably a few times on the podcast. I yeah. calling in, but... We flew him out from Texas for this. I know. Thanks so much for paying for everything, guys. I really appreciate it. Oh, yeah. He's going to hit that Venmo request to you there. Oh, (laughs) The reimbursement. Um, I think this is my fourth time. I think, yeah. Joker, Iron Giant. uh, And we did the Colin one. What was that that one for? Um, It was the one. Oh, Glass Onion. Glass Onion. Oh, right. Yeah. Because that was one of the ones that we were. Filming was it just no Casey was here for that yeah one. Casey was here but it was so one great. of our first recorded ones because mm-hmm. we I had to find a picture of you that's <laughs> right I laughed so hard when you had like my mouth yeah moving. that cracked me up that took a lot more work than I wanted to put into it, it was though. it gave me a good laugh so after a little while I was just like I'm just gonna use a still shot <laughs> it's all good well it was it looked amazing while it lasted good job no one, I don't think anyone else got to see that actually except for I us. think it was on the Instagram oh did I do we no. put it on there okay I think so yeah I had a, a couple clips in it I have to go back and check that everyone go back and check that <laughs> hit subscribe on there while you're at it no. wait subscribe follow whatever it is <laughs> this but, is why you host <laughs> but Kate super happy to have you back on joining us of course as we always do we'll kind of start out the episode with a quick little what you've been watching just talk to us about what you've been going through what's good what's bad what are you watching what are you looking forward to watching too so i've been watching uh a few episodes of black mirror getting ready for the new season um watched an episode last night with josh um but in addition to that i've been watching uh atlanta uh, donald glover's like show that he's got going on and it's always been talked about for a while but just i don't know in the last like month or so i've been getting into it made it through the first and second season really easy and yeah i like it. it's artsy funny it's great i like it a lot how convenient uh brian tyree henry's show with, i know uh, this one that we're i know brian tyree henry well even um i'm pretty sure that childish uh gambino donald glover whatever he makes a cameo in this movie in the community reference um which I'll bring up a little bit later. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I don't yeah. know that one. I missed you don't it. Know that one? Uh-uh. Yeah, I must have like, completely missed it. Yeah, it later, like, and we can get into it later. But yeah, there's a, a community clip on in the background, and it's he's in there. So awesome! How yeah. did I miss that? Yeah. What about Jesus. you, Josh? What have you been watching? So lately, I have been kind of watching a lot of TV. I haven't been watching a lot of movies. I did watch uh, The Mother the other day which is a new movie on netflix and it was good i liked it It was like kind of a cool like very netflixy just kind of action heavy was it j-lo right yes i'm so sorry because (laughs) yes yes Yes. i'm sorry i was like i was like it was a week ago and (laughs) i should have known i'm sorry but it was good it was just very like action heavy and it was very cool (laughs) You said it's good, but you can't tell us who was in it. So, <laughs> saying a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. Okay, but so I watched that, and other than that, I've mostly just been watching TV. I've been watching a lot of New Girl. I'm just like kind of watching it all Again, the way through. Good, uh, good thing to be watching and prep for Spider Man. Exactly. Yeah. And Jake Johnson in it. Hundred percent. Right. Yes, yes. Nailed it. He's always Nick Miller to me. Because <laughs> <laughs> Nick Miller is in it exactly. So, but that's mostly what I've been watching. I've been watching a lot of other things. I'm watching like Love and Death. Each week mm-hmm. as it comes yeah, out with you. Jesse Plemons and Elizabeth Olsen, and I'm going to. Oh no, sorry, I was I completely f- confused that with another show. I was thinking Love, Death, and Robots. It's oh. <laughs> it's very different. That a little is not what we're thinking of, but but yeah, no, the one that's on HBO and it's actually really good. I haven't seen this week's episode yet, but I really need to. Uh, I went and saw Blackberry. What is that? Oh, you haven't heard about it? Uh-uh. You know about? I the saw your Letterbox review, pilots, right? Yeah. Or the Blackberry phones back in the day. Did you ever yeah. have a Blackberry? Yeah, my dad had one. Yeah, I okay. They made a, a movie about it. It's a, what do you call those? Like, like a documentary? It's not a documentary. It's oh. like a dramatization. It's kind of like, it gives off like major social network vibes. Like oh. that same kind of premise. Startup of like, and what we're doing. And yeah, and it, it dramatizes the story. and It's a fictional story set around truth. Events. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, well, so that movie and Air, the one about Nike, are very similar, but obviously different yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. And kind I think that Air has taken a lot more of the attention. But yes, yeah. I saw that. It's a Canadian-made movie. Apparently, BlackBerry is a Canadian product. Had no idea. Um, also, BlackBerry was like the pioneer of the smartphone. 
And at one point they had like, I can't remember the exact percentage, but it was super high, like 40% or more of the market. And BlackBerry is now has 0% of the market (laughs) because it just, they just, they couldn't keep up. They didn't move forward. Like the guy, I mean, see the movie, you can, you can see how the story rolls out, but I am a ginormous, it's always, it's always sunny in Philadelphia fan and the golden God Dennis is in it. Mm -hmm. Um, we brought him up again last yes. episode. So he was honestly 50% of the reason why I wanted to go see this movie. Because I was just like, I will support this cast, the Always Sunny cast, and whatever they go yeah. and do. And I know Glenn Howerton, the actor, has always wanted to do more than just Dennis. He is amazing in this movie, guys. He transforms to this character. He shaved his head. Wow. Did the whole horseshoe, like, oh, dad haircut for this. Sexy. And he is just at a 10 through the whole thing. Like... Some of these like pretentious podcasts that I listen to, all of them are even just like, wouldn't it be cool if if he had like a an Oscar run for this? Like he does amazing in it. It's really, really, That's really awesome. good. No one believes that he actually will, but everyone's just like, we can support it though. Yeah. Until it was like same with like us. Adam Sandler with Uncut Gems. Yeah, like, exactly. Maybe yeah. <laughs> this is really good. This guy who just comes out comes out of nowhere, mm-hmm. you know. So BlackBerry was excellent. Like I was fully entertained. Um, uh, interesting story. I'd suggest go see it to anybody. Like, it's definitely worth the money. I'm also halfway through Better Call Saul, the final season. <gasps> yeah. For the first time? Yeah, for the first time. It's I think good. I have four episodes left. Halfway through, like, mini spoilers for Better Call Saul that came out, but, like, what, what just happened? I know. I want to. Like, Is sorry, Howard Hamlin still around? Doing last stuff? night. Oh. <laughs> it happened one. last night. Oh, my gosh, dude. We That was. So last year when I went and visited Cade was when the episodes were airing. And we were, like, watching them every single week. And we would talk about them. They would come out on. What was it? like? When Monday nights. They would come out on Monday nights. And I was going to his house on Thursday. And the week that that episode came out, we didn't watch it. And oh. we avoided spoilers. <laughs> and it was the Howard Hamlin one. <laughs> So that when we flew out, we would you watch it together. together oh, that's live. awesome. And it was crazy. It was insane. It was so yeah, it was I, kept, I keep thinking through this. I have kept thinking through this season. Because I remember finishing the last season and thinking, I am so worried for... Um, Jimmy. No, Jimmy's wife. Was Kim. Her, Kim. Because she's just like going down this slippery slope, you know, getting worse and worse. I'm just like, I want the best for her. I'm so worried about her. And then I don't really remember what happened that season. So the first part of this season, I've had to been like why are they out to get Howard again? I don't really remember. And I can't remember how this is like tying into it. And then, yeah, it all comes full circle. I was just like, this is excellent. This is great TV. I'm also, I just, they just go the extra step in all of their cinematography. Like they are so good at the shots that they use. Absolutely. There's a shot of Kim where they like, shoot her reflection in a coffee cup at one one part. And I was just like, yeah, most TV shows, they're not going to go out of their way to do this. Like this is just premier excellent prime tv you know and that's one of the things that i really like about vince gilligan's entire like little breaking bad universe is that and the and truth be told i think he learned a lot on the x files before breaking bad but he is such a storyteller and the way that you do that is goes beyond the pages it's yeah the cinematography it's the actors themselves it's the music it's so many different things yeah. the production 100%. design there's so many things that go into all of better call Saul. and honestly we could probably spend multiple hours Talking does, about Better Call Saul. Does he have anything else like lined up? Like I'm interested to see what he does next. Honestly, vaguely has reference to looking into doing like a Gus prequel, like uh, when more? he was in Chile. But he has said like he's not gonna do anything like that unless it like makes sense. I kind of like to see what he does outside of the Breaking Agreed. Bad universe. Like Agreed. give him something new to work with. Well, sounds good. So that's what our bi- that's what we've been watching this week. A lot of good stuff these weeks, I guess, and. For the past little while. Yeah. And we're going to go ahead and just jump right into little Spider-Man this week. It's kind of an older one at this point. I mean, I didn't realize this movie came out five years ago. 2018. Already. It's crazy that that's five years. Yeah, that is wild. And and the impact that the animation has had on the industry in that little amount of time. I mean, there's only been three or four different movies that mm-hmm. have tried to emulate this art style, but every, every single one of them has stood out. Well, and not with the exception of maybe bad guys. I yeah, I guess that's true. Um, and and I agree. Like the art style is different, but I also think just like the influence on us that we haven't realized. Like the first time, so the three of us met by working at uh, the same company together, and that first Halloween, 
uh, that I met Vince, he came dressed as Peter B. Parker, and I loved it. It was such a subtle like costume. I remember I loved you saying it. too something along the lines of like. Uh, I don't remember exactly how you said it, but some long lines of like, you don't really fit into that shirt or something. It yeah. wasn't rude or anything, <laughs> yeah. but I was just like, dude, that's the best part. They finally introduced a, a Spider-Man that I can cosplay as. It's freaking dad bod Spider-Man. Well, I had like a gut at the time. I think it was because you were pants. trying to like enhance it. it was, like I said, I wasn't trying to be rude. It was like you were no, trying I, to enhance it. It didn't sure. come off as rude at all. Good, good. I was just like. That I'm nailing this then. <laughs> I think I didn't even realize it, I'll be honest, at first, because you didn't, I think maybe you had a Spider-Man shirt, but it was the the mismatched shoes that yeah. got it for me. <laughs> That's yeah. one that, I think most of the people in the office, because other than our little team of mm-hmm. nerds, where we work at the, the sales the sales guys, and right. they're all older, and, and sales suit and tie, guys. and sales women too, you know, and all of them are just like, oh, so you're you're like, spider-man or something it was like <laughs> yeah i'm there's this new animated car- movie that came out it's called into the spider-verse it's kind of <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. Good. Yeah. you're just like trying to explain that without being too <laughs> over exactly. the top i thought about wearing that uh costume today but uh i decided it might be a little warm down here in that jacket yeah, it looks good though <laughs> it did thanks man but, so we're going to be talking a lot about into the spider-verse we decided that it was one of the movies that we actually never ended up doing on the podcast, even though we were doing the podcast when it came out. I'm sure we've talked a lot about it, but it never actually happened. And we're also excited to prep for the sequel, Across the Spider-Verse, which will be coming into theaters here in a couple of weeks. June since we hit June. We were doing the podcast when that first came out? I think 2018? I think it was, it was shortly after, but it, it was, was pretty close. It was maybe right after. Because Great. it was right after it. Time flies, yeah, probably. guys. It's crazy. crazy. Either way. Like you said, this movie came out five years ago, but we are super excited to talk about it today. And I'm sure we have a lot of different things that we want to talk about. I actually did the casting. Oh my goodness, <laughs> I've been it's been for times. so many weeks. <laughs> but there was one little thing that I saw, like casting considerations. So I was like, oh, I better, if we're going to talk about we casting, do it. better actually. <laughs> and also because this cast is so stacked. It's like, insane. I didn't realize when it first came out how many, like, I mean, these guys have all in the past five years just exploded onto the scene. Whereas before, I don't know, maybe they were huge, but I didn't really know any of them at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, is it Shamik Moore? Is that how you say his name? I think so. Shamik Moore is Miles Morales. Jake Johnson is Peter B. Parker. Haley Steinfeld is Gwen Stacy. Mahershala Ali is Uncle Aaron. Brian Tyree Henry is, Je- is Miles' dad, Jefferson Davis. Lily Tomlin is Aunt May. Um, Zoe Kravitz is Mary Jane. John Mulaney is Spider-Ham, Nicolas Cage is Spider, Spider-Man Noir, Catherine Hahn is Doc Ock, Chris <laughs> Pine is, is Peter Parker, Liv Schreiber is Wilson Fisk, like, it just goes on and on, and then Isaac. Oscar Isaac plays a cameo at the end, like, he's gonna be the main one, I think, in wow. the sequel, yeah, <laughs> it's crazy, this cast is, because you're watching the movie, and you recognize a lot of these, and you're like, oh man, that was already, I recognize a lot of these people that were in this, and then all of a sudden, you look at that cast list, and you realize the ones that you missed, that yeah. you said, oh my goodness, there was so much more. Like, well, and so I think more. that a lot of them do their voice acting so well that you, I didn't realize it, so Brian Tyree Henry, I've been watching Atlanta, and I even rewatched Eternal semi-recently, and I forget, I, f- I completely didn't even know that he was in this movie until I was like, oh, okay, I guess I can hear that, but he does it really well. Yeah, I didn't um, recognize him either until I saw the list. Yeah, and I and another ca- uh, shout out that we want to say, Stan Lee. This is his. Yeah. This was his last appearance in a Marvel movie before he passed away. Did you see the behind the scenes or the uh, the little trivia fact that how much Stanley appears yeah, in this? They all like, wanted to animate him, so they threw him in as much as possible. So like if it's like, in- <laughs> anytime you pause it when there's a train moving by, you'll see him in there. Yeah, or like, like background on the street mm-hmm. and stuff. Like what a great, great like dedication to him. Absolutely. So cool. R.I.P. The Goat Stanley <laughs> for sure. He's just all over the place in it. Um, the considerations though, I just, right. there was just the one and that's why this, this all came into my head. It was for, uh, Peter A, like original Peter Parker. I don't, I don't know if they have a special name mm-hmm. for him. Chris Pine got cast, but they also considered bringing Tobey Maguire in for it. So they even talked about bringing in Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire and having them play a part of this movie. How great that they didn't do that though. Like that they actually saved it for Agreed. a live action thing. Agreed. Yeah. Especially because like. As you can see throughout this movie, each Spider-Man's universe is their own. And so if the main one that we are watching, the one where Miles Morales lives in and is from, that is Tobey Maguire's, the one that we've seen with Alfred Merlin as Doc Ock and Willem Dafoe, then I think that we would conflate it too much. And I think, like, 
because we are able to like differentiate Chris Pines and and again Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield because there have been some rumors that they might come in within the sequel within their own um, or at least like their versions maybe not voiced by them but you'll be able to see them um, again I think it does create that distinction but with Chris Pine it actually I think he did a great job um, because I even read somewhere else that they didn't know that he could sing. And so until after he'd filmed all of his lines. And so later when they found it out, they were like, let's bust out a Christmas album for Spidey. And so they like recorded that and put it into the movie like later in post um, than when they were originally in development, which I thought was just hilarious too. Can you actually listen to that Christmas album? Is it real? Probably. I mean. I would not doubt that at all. Yeah. I'll look it up later because yeah, that, might, that might add it to my uh, my Christmas playlist <laughs> this, this next season. There you go. <laughs> Got to make the way around. We kind of started talking about the animation a little bit as we were introing the movie because that is really one of the main things that sets this movie apart. We've talked about how there were so many things that kind of took animation to the next level with this type of movie and this is just one of the main things that everyone talks about when we talk about the movie. So let's dive a little bit deeper into that. And we talk about the different little Easter eggs and what made the animation so special in a movie like this that really pushed the genre forward and also won it an Oscar, right? Yeah. Yeah. For best animated feature. So what are the, what are the things about the animation that you guys love most that you think about? What are the scenes that just stand out to you when you watch this movie? Yeah, so I'll go first. Um, one of the things that I think is really interesting, and, and you see it at the beginning of the movie, that this is one of the only animated movies, especially with Marvel Comics, where it's certified by some sort of comic book organization. And comic book code or something? Yeah, and code so authority. I think the purpose was to have it be literally off the page on the screen. And you see it even you know, several times throughout the movie when they do open the comic book and they say, all right, I'm going to only do this one more time. And you know, they <laughs> jump how, into it. That's how I thought about starting this pod today. All right, guys, let's do this one more time. <laughs> <laughs> Clip it in later. Um, but yeah, so like it's, I think it's supposed to be off of the page. But at the same time, I think a lot of movie companies and animation studios have taken it and really allowed it to be what it is, comic book to where it's of course supposed to be about real life and real people, but it's supposed to be, you know, different and fan, like have a sense of fantasy within it. Um, and so I don't hate the fact at all that this style has been picked up by other movies. Um, even, and we were talking about it, even the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie that's coming out soon, they're going to be using the same animation style and I'm, I'm here for it. I love it. It looks so, so Visually pleasing. Mm -hmm. I love the style. Like in Spider Verse, in this, in Mitchell's versus the Machines, like like it it just stands out. Like this used to be the movie um that I used to show off my new TV for. You know, there was there was two. There was like Mad Max Fury Road mm -hmm. and and Spider Enter the into the Spider Verse because it's just like it's colorful, it's poppy, it's interesting, it it plays with frame rates, you know, depending on like what part of the movie you're in, and it's just like it's it's just visually pleasing and it and it translates so well to all these other ones i read that uh there was like 170 different animators that worked on this project which is like the most of a most ever for animated um for an animated movie and also that just to make like four seconds of the movie took like a week of production just to do that and that there was like 10 minutes of the movie that was cut so i'm like doing the math in my head like how much work hours <laughs> went into wasted. those 10 minutes that were just completely wasted but yeah like i think this is i mean there's you were talking to me before we started about the different three different animation styles um that are kind of out right now that i think are really interesting but i think this is the one i i would like you to like fill like sure. go into that again but i think this is the one that stands out more than any of them i never saw puss in boots the new one as soon same as i found out like i've been style. wanting to as soon as i found out this is the same same animation style it has jumped to like the top of my list of stuff to go back and watch because mm -hmm. i just i love to watch love to watch this this style so much do you feel like one of the things that I've seen, and, uh, and so I want to ask this question, do you feel like it takes, uh, like, I guess, inspiration at all from, like, anime? Because I've seen stuff where people have talked where it's, like, this new animation style is almost a cross between typical animation styles that we've seen maybe in Pixar movies and anime, so it's a cross between them. What are your thoughts on that? 
I don't watch anime. So I, I <laughs> just <know>. being familiar <laughs> enough with it. I don't watch anime either, but just like, you know, Samurai Jack, that kind of thing. That All I know is from style. like Strong Bad, like <laughs> really small mouth when closed, ridiculously huge when they're open. So I, okay. there, I, was, there was one moment that I, I, I did get definite anime vibes. It was when the Prowler was sitting up on top of the roof mm-hmm. and he's got that like cool, that weird collar that like almost looks like a crown. Right. And I always thought it kind of looked like strange when he's running around doing his thing, but it was just, it was him sitting up on a roof and it was just his silhouette Mm -hmm. in like dark and he had that thing going and it almost looked like that anime hair coming up off of his head. Like a Goku type thing. That's pretty sick looking, you know. (laughs) What about you, Josh? I definitely don't watch a lot of anime either, but a lot of some of the streamers that I'll follow and talk about, they talk a lot about it. And so I've seen clips and just different things going along anime. And so I'm somewhat familiar with animation, but please don't consider me any sort of person who can actually talk about a lot of anime (laughs) with you. Sorry. But it does have a really good mix of stuff like that and modern animation. But what really brings it together is it's not just a weird cross in between those two. The comic book part is what saves it, right? Because it puts it in the middle and being able to have all of those extra things with, you know, the little thought bubbles that'll come up sometimes or, you know, watch out appearing on the wall behind you as, as stuff is about to happen. Things like that is what really makes that crossover work in this instance, because you do have the lower frame rates and the animations that are different, but it's like, you find that middle ground and it's nice. And I think it would still work either way. Obviously it's going to, because not all of the, the movies that are using that type of animation are doing it as complete comic books or whatnot, but playing with it and just being able to see the real drawings, like line works and things like that in the movie, but then pulling it into the comic book is what it made. So is what made it work so much for into the spider verse. In my opinion. It, it's kind of cool. Cause it's like, it's kind of my, how I complain every single week and people are probably sick about sick of it of, uh, heavily CGI movies and going to practical effects. It's kind of that same idea, but with animation where it's just like, <clears throat> I miss the days of hand drawn cartoons, you know? So when one comes out, I gravitate towards it. Cause I want to see that old fashioned style Absolutely. again. They've kind of done the same thing where like we have, we have moved towards, CGI movies like Pixar and Disney, the new Mario movie, like you were talking about off off uh, mic. And now we've kind of like, now that we've kind of perfected that, we're going back to this hand-drawn, like, pra- quote-unquote practical effect within the computer animated stuff and adding more life to it and adding more, almost, it almost feels like like tangible, like real, like, like, like you said, those lines and the shading and stuff, the way that they do it just makes it feel a little more just lively i guess well and i think it's more relatable because if you think about it it's so much easier for normal non-artistically gifted people to draw handmade things that look closer to the handmade stuff that we've been talking about in the spider-verse than if we were to try and draw the characters in the movie soul or the mario or minion characters because they're just of a different more rounder animation style um, so as they've both referenced, there are, you know, three, I feel like, major animation styles that have been taking over um, a lot of movies that we've seen. And that's kind of Pixar's hyperrealism, again, Soul, The Incredibles, things like that look incredibly done well, but they're just incredibly realistic and rounded. And then there's the more cartoony animation with Minions and, and the Mario movie and things like that, where it's it's cartoon and it's supposed to be. You're not fooling anybody. But then now there is this almost comic book level and, and hand-drawn feel uh, animation style. And so I really don't necessarily say I have an overall pre- preference. I think they each provide a, a good service for whatever movie that they're you know I- interacting with. Um, so again, like Mario, I couldn't imagine Mario being this like level of like no, animation style, and and same thing with Spider Man. I don't think it would look as as good. Let's move on to uh, the other parts of the movie that we love because the animation is next level, and it takes us into a different place, and it makes us love this. And it's one of the things I'm definitely looking forward to, and across the Spider Verse as well, seeing more of this animation style come out, and what else they can do with it. Because there's also a well of possibilities that just using this animation style, you can do so much. As you saw, they used this style, but then they also brought in the different genres and feelings. They brought in the actual all-the-way anime, right? They brought in the black and white noir and everything, yeah, so cool. and they do so much with it. So we have 
so much we can talk about. Where do you guys want to go next? We've got music, the different Spider-Man and Spider-Verses. And- Let's touch on music real quick. Because as soon as freaking Biggie dropped, I was just like, <laughs> yep, this movie's the five-star movie. <laughs> it's already rated it in his letterbox. No, the music in this movie, though, is it's so good. Not just the uh, the what do they call them, the record drops or whatever. I can't remember. There's like a term for that when you actually like drop a, a real song into it. Not only that, but just the soundtrack of the movie matches the tone and the style and everything so well, like the music and the art style and uh, leading into like the, the graffiti and like hip hop street look and everything just kind of melds perfectly into into what we get. You know, it's all just perfectly melded together. This is going to date me. But I was uh, in a senior in college when this movie came out. And I was taking at the time just to wrap up my college degree because I needed extra elective credits, uh, a class that was called Art and Culture of Hip Hop. And so in it, I was able to grow a little bit more like taste for the genre and, and what it is that it's trying to convey. So when this movie came out, our professor actually talked about it and how it was really done well to highlight um, specifically like this section of New York where they're coming from and the history that's involved within that. And so, of course, like, again, when you hear the Notorious B.I.G. and other types of songs that you're familiar with, it's insane. But like you said, I think Lil Wayne did a song for this. And and Josh, there was another person that you saw live who they ended up recording a song on this album. And the way that they're able to like weave that into the storyline, um, both the, the songs by rap artists that were created for this movie, but then even just the original score, like when he does the fall off of the building and it's the freeze frame and they have like the score building up to Miles. So cool. You know, it's absolutely done beautifully. And so they did a really good job of using the motifs of the music to highlight and build on the story. That scene is one of my favorite shots of the whole movie, right? There's so much that's good in the movie, but that scene where you have the music that's built flawlessly into it and they have that shot that even the shot alone will just kind of be like breathtaking. But when you have it with perfectly aligned with that musical moment, that's when you get the chills and you're sitting back in your seat, just like, oh my goodness, this is what's next level. The music is excellent in this, but the sound design as well that they do is actually like really it's not underrated it's just something that doesn't get talked about a lot because the sounds and the it's like sort of music sort of not when they're doing all of the different things can just feel so real and the one that it, my mind goes to immediately is when miles is looking for the prowler and he goes in and he you know we're well into spoilers here sorry if we didn't say it <laughs> discovers it's his uncle aaron and you get that like that weird, I don't, I don't even know what, like the Prowler sound where it's like, oh, yes. I, can't, I can't make this out, but you like know it. <laughs> exactly. And you could just feel that throughout your whole body. So the music is taken to the next level and so many people love, including us, listening to the soundtrack of this, you know, years after it's come out, but also just watching this movie, you can feel all the different parts. And I love that they also leaned heavily into that with the different animation styles. We talked about the noir, the the anime, the regular, the kind of hip hop. And they lean into that music wise as well. When you're with those different characters and stuff like that, you know, the old timey kind of like slow jazz, he's in his office, like looking, what am I going to do next? Along with the new age style of hip hop. And even, so that's even into like the, the quirky Looney tunes of Spider-Ham. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's so much that goes along with it. It's absolutely insane. Well, in this movie introduced Sunflower by Post Malone and, and I think Swali and, and the, that became a huge song for years on the radio, but it Miles uses this song to help him relax, to stop sticking to the ceiling. So, like, that's another way that they introduce, like, Miles' own leitmotif of how he is growing with the character and using the music to relax himself as well. So, again, I think it's done really well. My first exposure to Post. I really? I never heard of him before. That song played in this movie. I was just like, I got to check this song out. This, <laughs> yeah. this is sweet. And for the longest time, I say it exactly the way that uh, Miles sings it in the movie. I didn't learn the lyrics for so long. <laughs> so anytime I come out, I'm just like. <laughs> I mean, those took are a long pretty time close to, to the learn lyrics, it. though. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what it is, right? Yeah. Do yeah. I have notes? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, um, you want to jump into character design? Because yeah, that's the other thing that really stood out to me in this one is is casting and music, animation, and and character designs. Because this is my favorite part 
about multiverse. I, I mean, this is my favorite part about movies in general is coming is seeing all the different interpretations of these heroes that I've grown to love. And that's been kind of the, it's, it's a double-edged sword because it's like, I love the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I love how it's all connected. When I do connect to one of these characters, I want to see more and more and more of it. Like last week I talked about Star-Lord coming back and I'm so excited to see Chris Pratt as Star-Lord some more. However, I go on and on about how I'm so okay with Batman getting recast every so often because every one of these Batmans that I've seen, I've really, really enjoyed. So this is this is the kind of thing that I love about the multiverse is like they are able to do both, essentially. Explore you can both still, the options. Yeah, with the amount of time that we have or whatever or money that we have, we can still have the opportunity to like show these different versions of the characters. And this one specifically just leans into all the years of Spider-Man. From I mean, half of these characters, a couple of these characters are designs from the '80s, like Kingpin, for example. This has been this is like my favorite version visually of Kingpin that Absolutely. I've ever seen. Like I grew up on animated 1990s Spider-Man. Me too. Fun mm-hmm. version of the character, really un- just kind of forgettable. White suit is really that stands out. Yep. This version of Kingpin is just like huge <laughs> well and it's you really get to presence. see his strength in this movie too like in the same I, I i saw the same one the little cartoon in the 90s there are some times where he you know gets in fights but you don't really understand his strength level until he's fighting with miles on top of the train yeah it's yeah. insane but and and just every frame and i love this is another thing that i love about animation um a guy the size of Kingpin would never be able to fit in half of these places that he goes into. <laughs> like, for example, at the end of the movie when he's inside of the subway train and they're fighting, I'm looking at that like, how did he get in there in the first place? <laughs> but it doesn't matter, you right. know? Like, the presence is just awesome and the reality of it takes a sidestep because it's such a good character design with him alone. And there's there's a list of other ones we can go into, too, if there's any other ones that kind of stood out to you guys that you want to talk about. This was the first time I ever saw a f- woman Doc Ock, but yeah. it complete. and I think they knew that. They knew that maybe somewhere in a, in, in a version of the comics, there existed a female Doc Ock, but they, I don't think, expected the audience to see that. So they introduced, you know, uh, Dr. Octavius before and the little, like, uh, in the classroom setting with the scientist video. And then it wasn't until later where they do the reveal and you're like, Oh my God, it's a multiversal doc. Ock. And yeah. I thought that that was absolutely incredible as well because it, this movie, I think in a lot of ways knew you were going to walk in with your character biases and they wanted to play into that to a certain extent with the Peter Parker that you knew and loved, but then also really build on to the, other possibilities that could be of the characters that you're already familiar with. One of my favorites when we talk about character design for this one is I love, I mean, this isn't necessarily character design. We talk about like kind of how a lot of the spider suits look Mm -hmm. is is something that I loved across it because you can see the different versions and the different ways that these spider people in the different universes would represent themselves. And there's so many different ones that work so well, but my favorite I believe has just got to be the Miles Morales suit, right? Where you kind of get the different look. And, it, and it's very kind of already established for, you know, the character Miles Morales himself. But in the movie where you just are so used to the regular Spider-Man look that's just predominantly red. And then you got some stripes in there. Maybe you got some blue on the pants and whatnot or whatnot. But that black and just spray painted so looking cool. spider that is just so absolutely gorgeous and it works so well for his character and it works so well on the new york city skyline and everything that goes along with that type as well is really just kind of what stands out to me is that every single character you can look at and you can see the things that they took inspiration from across all of the different movies or genres that they came from to bring it into the one movie which is what makes this movie done so well there's so many things about it that we love but it's the fact that it can take all of these different stories you know we're talking about the spider verse all the different versions that have existed that basically exist within this world and bringing them into one movie one show that you can display all of those while still keeping it its own story you you get to bring in all of the lore of everything while continuing on the storyline that you're creating that miles spider suit <clears throat> that they have a Miles Morales PS5 video game now. Heck yeah. I put that suit on and never took it off. Like no. it's it's the perfect Miles suit. Do they it. have the untied shoes too in there? No, it's just the black suit. Gotcha. But but that is the other thing. Like, I mean, we've seen it in the Tom Holland movies too. Like 
when Spider-Man layers, it makes his suit even better. Mm, 100%. <laughs> like Tom Holland's got his like school jacket mm-hmm. on, right? And then Miles has the freaking hoodie on, the Jordans yep. underneath. Like freaking it looks awesome. It, it looks so cool. It's a choice. And that, that's a cool thing in, in comics in general. I don't know how many times they do it, but like adding a hood to some of these characters like spider suits or, or super suits like Gwen Stacy's suit with the hood that pops Ooh, yeah. up too. Freaking sick. Like well, you even more s- hoodies. Yeah. I, I'm a fan of hoodies. <laughs> like add hoodies to these things. Even in the little spider layer that Aunt May shows them, you see multiple different variations and there's the one with the cape, the Dr. Strange cape, yeah, you cape. know, and I agree seeing the different variations, even that Peter a Parker, the Chris Pine one had access to was just incredible because you are open to so many and, and I mean, not to jump too far ahead, but that's one of the things about the sequel that I'm excited to see is not only more versions of the character, but then even bringing in like the just multiple like character options that you can do and then other like costume designs as well. There's so many different versions that you can take a look at and they'll, they'll all be so good. You can go back and rewatch it and see things that you haven't before. When we talk about seeing things you haven't before, are there any like Easter eggs or little things that you guys remember or know from the movie that you wanted to bring up or be like, oh yeah, dude, I remember I saw this and it was incredible. Yeah, so uh, in the scene where Miles is coming into Uncle Aaron's apartment for the first time and he's hanging out with him, uh, Uncle Aaron was watching Community and so they do a glance over and you see Donald Glover's character getting out of bed in his Spider-Man pajamas and it's the reference that Community made to where there was like some internet fan casting of Donald Glover's spider-man and so even though it's a like televised version it's almost like donald glover kind of makes a small little cameo in the movie did they animate it or is it an actual animated okay so they recreated it in the universe that's really and it's it's really cool it's one thing i did not see the first time i saw it online and went back and checked it out um another really cool thing off the top of my head is that in the beginning of the movie and throughout the time where miles is learning his powers he is animated in a different frame um what is it called frames per thank you frame rate than the rest of the characters he is in 12 frames per second whereas everybody else is in 24 frames per second and it's not until the end of the movie when he does fall off the roof and he is adapted to his powers and really learned his character that he is now in 24 frames per second and it's not enough it's not enough to overtly notice but it's enough to see this he's a little bit different than the rest of them you notice it though like if that's something that that you have paid attention to um for example i recently i guess it's been years now but i upgraded i keep going back to to video games but i upgraded from ps4 to ps5 and really the only big difference between those two systems is a frame rate and and loading speed upgrades Mm -hmm. it's kind of like going from dvd to blu-ray where it's just like when you first move to blu-ray it's like "Eh, it doesn't look that much better but then you go back and watch dvd and you're just like ah my eyes what's happening you know it's the same way the frame rate like once you get used to a a certain frame rate going back to to a lower one it it stands out it's very Absolutely. noticeable and i noticed it the first time i watched the movie too i thought it was like that through the entire movie and i'd never noticed when it went out like when it went back up to the 24 frames per second i just assumed the entire movie was just made that way because that's how they made the movie was trying to like give it its own little style and right. lower that frame rate even the Miles video game, when you put on that spider suit, you can turn on the low frame rate. Interesting. Um, so when you're like swinging and moving and stuff, it, it's interesting. I, I couldn't do it though. It yeah, drove, me, it drove me wild with difficult. everything else around you moving in like 60 frames a second. And all of a sudden you have Miles like doing these like 12 frame rate yeah. glitchy moves. It's just like, this is a cool idea, but I, I can't do this, you know? <laughs> well, because I'm but sure in the game you got to have like a more like, it's a less static background than, yeah. than I have from a shot. Yeah, player. exactly. But that's a super cool idea, and I love the the thought behind it, where it plays a role into the story. Whereas, like, on the other side of things, like Avatar Two just came out, and that switches back and fro- forth, and that just they just did it just because. And it really, yeah, like I don't, I, there's no, I mean, just because he thought it looked better for the action sequences. I guess and I'm, that makes I'm sense. sure it does. But when you're flipping back and forth like that, it's it's distracting to the point where Alice, you know, mm-hmm. she was on the podcast a couple weeks episodes ago um alice was with me and she doesn't really pay attention to that kind of stuff and halfway through the movie she even turned to me and and was just like what is going on with the the movie like it just keeps switching back and forth and it's weird the new marvel movies on disney plus when you stream them if you use the imax like special viewing it will during the uh, action scenes 
go into a less it's it's more of a f- like it's it the goes IMAX from widescreen exactly to IMAX enhanced where it's f- almost full screen and so my wife doesn't notice it as much as I do but it bothers me because it goes from widescreen to full screen widescreen to full screen and so yeah their choice is to do that for action scenes i mean there are certain benefits of course but i agree if it's done sloppily it's too distracting for mm-hmm. me. I like changes of frame rate and aspect ratio a lot of times when you have reasons behind it and like it, it can fit into a story, right? A lot of times we'll see things like that because they choose it as an artistic choice when you're doing it just to fit in more frames or to like try and enhance everything. It can definitely be super distracting. But like we were talking about in the Spider-Verse for Miles, since it goes along literally based on his story and it shows yeah. part of his character growth, that's one of the things once that's one of the ways that I like it. Yeah. Right. Me too. Because it actually serves a purpose and it does. It's so meta. Like in a movie that's very meta, like this right. whole movie is meta. <laughs> even, even the, the art of creating the movie is meta in its own way. What about characters? We've talked about a little bit about character design, but what about the actual characters and the voice actors that went along with them? Which were your favorite, I guess, versions of, of Spider-Man or Spider-Pig or whoever, which ones were your favorite in the movie that you feel like, not necessarily had the most impact, but the ones that you would say, I want more Spider-Pig or I want more Peter B. Parker. Which ones were your guys' favorite characters? I freaking loved, loved John Mulaney as Spider-Pig. <laughs> like, I, I'm not even someone who like like watches a lot of John Mulaney, especially since like you'll, I, I don't watch a lot of comedy specials on Netflix. Mm-hmm. The time in my life where I watched most comedy specials, this is where we'd hang out and you'd be like, there's this one on Netflix, let's watch it. <laughs> I'd be like, okay, I don't love a lot of that. But... We did watch this, and I it was one of those where I was like, oh, I think I recognize his voice, and later was like, oh, duh. It was John, like, even though his voice is so distinct, just because I hadn't known a lot of it, I was like, oh, I don't know. John Malik came up, and it was like the spider pig version for some reason. I was like, this is so dumb, but I did love the big, because we're already in spider, we're already in sort of cartoony looks, right? The comic book look for the most of the movie, and then this took it to the nines, the extremes, yeah. right? The hammers and just pulling whatever you wanted from out Looney of. From Looney Tunes, really. From Looney Tunes. Just everything like that that showed up. But he's Spider-Man, though, still. He's Spider-Man, <laughs> exactly. So he could come in and provide a whole other level of comedy. And I absolutely love that. And then Peter B. Parker is definitely one of my favorites. Like We're talking aside from Miles because I feel like Miles is incredible. But I think Peter B. Parker was also one of my favorites because I do also love Jake Johnson. I knew who Jake Johnson was like, with New Girl because I'd watched some episodes, but just I feel like his voice for this version of Peter, like kind of one who's, it, it makes me think of him as Nick Miller in New Girl because it's like, oh, I've yeah. got it together, but I also don't have it yeah, together. Exactly. And I, my life's falling apart, all this stuff. And he's like the the weirdly perfect role model because he's not perfect, right? He's not a role model because he's always done everything right. He's a role model because he's like, stuff happens and life's going to drag you down, but you can make changes and you can still be the hero and everything like that. And so I feel like those are probably a couple of my favorite characters. I love Peter B. Parker in this. I love, love, love him. The whole idea too of, I mean, Spider-Man's whole thing is like his uncle died because of he failed, you know? And so he, it just makes sense that that will haunt you for the rest of your life. That, that sharing this part of you, will put the people around you in danger. And we've seen that over and over again in movies. So it just takes it to the next step in, in, in life, right? Like you're worried about your friends and then you're worried about your girlfriend and your wife. And then Mary Jane wants a kid. And that's like, I'm, I don't have a kid. Cade, you could probably speak to I this, do. but that's gotta be like the ultimate fear of just like, if I bring a kid into this world and I'm Spider-Man, that kid's never going to be stay safe. I can't have a kid. And then, him and Mary Jane getting into it and eventually leading their divorce and then the divorce just sending him spiraling down into this depression and then he's just like, to start with, he's never had a good, real good time doing this whole thing. Like, he's just like the the complete opposite of Chris Pine Spider-Man where he's just like, I'm doing this because I'm supposed to, but I don't really love it. And I just, I like you said, I even think I read that the character was written specifically for Jake Johnson because mm-hmm. he is kind of that, goofy yeah in real life yeah. that's just kind of him that like what how did you put it i'm together but i'm not really together type <laughs> of guy like that 
he doesn't tell the full story a lot of the time, like what he's talking about, like his past. He's, you know, he's like, yeah, I was back at my house doing push-ups, getting in mad shape. I really was just <laughs> yes. like sitting there eating pizza and stuff. I just found him so relatable and enjoyable to watch and just so funny. I, I love Peter B. Parker in this. He's my favorite part. I can't wait to see him more. Well, next one. and I'm actually excited for the next one because in, and this is, you see in the trailer, I haven't I seen the sequel yet, but he has a kid and he brings her along on the ride. And so I'm excited for the, Again, self-deluded, like, I have it together, but I'm not dad version. Yeah. I'm excited for that. Um, my favorite characters were probably also um, John Mulaney's uh, <laughs> Spider-Ham, but also, I mean, just Miles uh, himself and, and Gwen. Like, I don't know how many of the previous versions of Spider-Man that we've seen. Like, I don't know if Nick Cage is coming back in the sequel. I don't know if John Mulaney will be back. Um, but the ones that will be back for sure are, of course, Miles Morales and Gwen. And so them, I'm excited to see. I would like to see more Doc Ock. I really liked her. And even if we did see some more uh, of the Green Goblin, which we saw, you know, and, and Kingpin maybe, you know, some somehow integrating that back, I think would be really intense. But also just other character, or, excuse me, other villains like the Scorpion and other things that maybe we saw briefly in this movie, but not a lot. And there are so many other versions. I mean, the spot, Jason Schwartzman's like the spot villain we've seen in the trailer so far. Um, just really diving into the lore of like all the different villains that could pop up. Um, I got to talk about Spider-Gwen too. Uh, she's got one of the coolest costumes again mm -hmm. out of anybody. And her, if you guys haven't at least looked through, turned through her comic books, just, just not even having to read it, but the art style in those comic books is next level. Like it's, it's so pretty you even get a glimpse of it in the movie. Like it does like her flashback and, and it's kind of like a, almost like a watercolor look in the background and stuff. If, if you go back and, and rewatch it, everything's kind of like, like uh, fading a little bit in the background, but the colors are really popping everything. Just, just go back and even, or even like Google search Gwen, spider Gwen yeah. graphic novels. Cause it's just beautiful artwork. It inspired me to go read a couple of the books. Like, I almost wanted to like buy a couple just to have it that I can just flip through, not even to read through it. Her, I mean, her books are good but just to read through it. Also, I love how every one of these characters have their uh, Uncle Ben moment, but not all of them are Uncle Ben, in, including Miles' story. His Uncle Ben moment is with his uncle Aaron, uh, Aaron which is I, I don't think I saw coming the first time I saw it. Even this time, rewatching it, I completely forgot that he was the one who died in this one for, to inspire him. But that coming together moment of all of these different versions of Spider-Man not even Peter Parker either. Like they're all, I mean, that's the point of the movie, right? When it comes down to it and we've, this has been explored in so many different videos and stuff. But the point is like anybody can wear the mask if you're, if you're up to the challenge, if you get bit by a spider and then you're up to the challenge, then anybody can wear the mask, you know? But I love that they did that, that like Spider-Ham wasn't Peter Parker. Penny wasn't Peter Parker. Gwen wasn't Peter Parker. But all of these guys, the, the kind of thing that brought them together was the spider bite and that, that moment that defines them. And I love the exploration of each one of those characters and how uh, Gwen, for instance, it wasn't even an uncle. It was her best friend, the one that ties them together. Absolutely. Peter, that was the one who died for her, and she became the, the, the Spider-Man. It's just, it's really cool to, again, I love the idea of, of the spider of the multiverse and the different interpretations and being able to see how creative these artists can get with these stories. And I'll actually add on to that. I really liked how not only did they share the fact that they each had a pivotal moment that made them who they are, um, and you even really kind of relate to that as well in spoilers for No Way Home, but when you see the different Spider-Men acting together as well, they also share their Uncle Ben stories. So it goes to show for the Spider-Man character, you need to have that pivotal moment. But I would even argue to say that the Spider-Men that come into this movie, um, they all have... They're, they're all kind of down on their luck. Like maybe Penny Parker's the only one that I can think of that isn't going through something. Um, because again, Gwen Stacy lost her best friend. She was struggling. Peter B. Parker is, you know, divorced. He's struggling. Even Spider-Man Noir like talks about how he's like had a, he's not really into things as much, but throughout it, they each have character development to where they feel confident. They feel like they can go back by helping Miles themselves. They've found a refound love for, the, for being Spider-Man. I mean, even Nicolas Cage takes back the Rubik's Cube because he <laughs> finds it so interesting. And that's what I'm saying is that I, I like it because it 
highlights the journey that they've gone on, but then gives them a path towards a new positive future as well. There's so much that they can move forward with, and that's one of the reasons why I'm so looking forward to this next movie. I, I love that they all have, you mentioned like their origin story. I love that there's like those pieces of, you know, oh, the spider bite happens and whatnot. And I love that they have that, they have that in this movie as well, right? The whole spider bite, Miles Morales, it shows the transformation, everything. His it's is like, one of the best ones. Oh, for sure. A hundred percent. And it has that. And I love that it's like, oh, it's still like that Spider-Man story, but this version of it, right? That happens with the neon spider down in the sewer doing graffiti. And then the, Super the, cool. Just the downplaying of it all where it's just like just builds up builds up builds and up and then just slaps it off yeah you know, it's like <laughs> one of the best ones instead of instead of having like a whole scene of being like i'm sick like toby Maguire or whatever yes. waking up it's just like oh, no big deal and then i woke up and i was spider-man you know yeah. and then I woke up, I how am i gonna deal with this so as we sort of we've talked about that and we love so much that went on in this movie what are your guys's hopes for across the Spider-Verse that we have coming out in a couple weeks. What are we looking forward to the most? What do we want to see from the original one transition to this one? And what new stuff do we want? I think that, like, I, I don't need to go too much more into it because I think that's really it for me is just I'm excited to see the creativity that comes into this. I'm excited to see how far the OGs take this animation style and what they how they run with it. I'm excited to see all the different versions of Spider-Man. I'm excited to see all the different versions of the villains. I haven't thought too much about it. I completely forgot this was coming out in like two weeks until you said you wanted to do it. I was like, I haven't watched that movie in like four years. I better go revisit, you know? So I'm very out of the loop with what's coming up other than um, Oscar Isaac's uh, Spider-Man 2099, I think is his name, yeah. is kind of going to be the villain. I don't even remember what the last trailer really was about, other than I remember seeing, like, Spider-Man with a sack on his head, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. So I'm just going in blind, as blind as I can. I mean, it comes out in two weeks. I can At this point, I don't really need to look into it more. So I, I just have full faith that these guys have it's in good hands and they're going to run with it and they're going to make something that I really, really love. I feel like I'm really looking forward to be able to kind of find more love even i want this animation style to become even more prevalent we've talked about how it started to come out the tmnt movie is using this kind of style and i feel like a lot of movies are gravitating towards it and i feel like if this movie can find the success of the first one as well it will be if it's not already just completely cemented as something that people will want to use going forward and so i'm looking forward to another movie in this style because it's one that you can find so many little easter eggs in you can find so many tiny little details as you watch the movie that make it an enjoyable experience and that's the kind of thing that i love is i love to see these characters and see where the continuation of the story goes i hope we really feel kind of super high stakes because obviously as we've seen from the trailers there's going to be so many versions of spider-man that exist in this one because last time we had a lot but it's kind of like you had the main crew and you at least knew a little bit about each character in their story this one there's no way that you can do that because you see the trailers and there's just the infinite almost number of spider-man right. they have the spider point moment things like that exist and so there's so many stories that could be explored and so i'm excited to both focus on the roots of this and miles and his story to see where it goes forward along with the technical side and also explore those kind of new routes and new options, new villains. How are we going to move these characters stories forward? So even though it's the same, I love, I really want to see where they go with it. And like you said, I'm excited to just have that. I also have faith in it. Just being able to go see it. I know that when I go see, it, I'm like, this is just going to be a good time. I'm excited to see it in the theater because I think that it, it definitely makes it makes it more enjoyable, not only with the music, but being able to see it on the screen. I saw the first one in the theater as well. Um, everything that you guys have mentioned, I'm also excited for. But I would say just learning more about the characters. I did not, I was not a comic book type of person, but I did watch Spider-Man, the animated series, and of course all of the movies that have come out. But I didn't know anything about Miles Morales until this movie came out. And so learning more about his character, his parents, the, the development that's going through specifically for him and not just Peter Parker, I'm excited for. And then again, Peter B. Parker being a dad. I I really am, am looking forward to this. And, and I think that uh, Into the Spider-Verse is such a unique movie that 
there's not a single person that I've recommended this movie to or talked to about this movie that they said, oh, it was fine. Every My daughter, my, th- my three-year-old <laughs> daughter and my older parents I've showed to this movie, and they both liked it, of course, for different reasons. Even um, your daughter was just like, the movie ended, and she pulled out her smartphone and was like, five stars on Letterboxd. <laughs> she, on Letterboxd, Letterboxd yeah. I, she's a pretty tough critic, actually, you know. Um, but no, I it is a movie that I genuinely feel like I can enjoy with my daughter as long as it's not on repeat. Uh, I, I won't let that happen because then it'll ruin it for me. But um, but yeah, no, I absolutely love it. I'm looking forward to watching it with my daughter. I'm going to take her to see it. Um, so I'll be able to see it and then see like her reactions as well. And so that not only am, am I learning more about the characters and of course the movie that I'm excited for, but also like sharing it with somebody else that I care about. My last thought, um, last week I gave Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 a five stars because I, I mentioned that I just, I really loved it. I know there's some flaws in the movie, but it's something that I want to rewatch over and over again. Into the Spider-Verse is a five star movie. It's, I would, again, my opinion I would say is a perfect movie. The story flows. The characters are amazing. The animation is gorgeous. It's it's the gold star of the five stars. You know, <laughs> like it's just peak, peak cinema. I I tend to be a harder critic with movies Very. in general, <laughs> but I I'm pretty sure that I also rated this five stars because I agree. I from the first time I I've seen it several times now, but from the first time that I saw it until when I saw it just like a couple of weeks ago, yeah, I loved it every single time. I like the characters. I like how they interact with the story, and so I do. I I rated it five stars as well. I've been very bad with my letterbox recently, and so I rewatched the movie and I didn't put it up on there. But I'm pretty sure that it's five stars as me for well as well and when i watched it before i don't know if i had letterbox but if i did have it from the original time i watched it yeah i'm thinking five stars (laughs) sorry i I, it's all good i I, with movies i i need time to digest them so i saw guardians of the galaxy and i walked out and i was i was a little bit kind of critical of certain things because it, it wasn't a perfect movie and i wouldn't necessarily even now rate it five stars but i think when i walked out i was like oh like three and a half maybe and then i think now i'm closer to like four four and a half but at the same time i i think with there's there are some movies and shows though that no matter even though i take time to digest it from that first time seeing it, i just really enjoyed it and that was this for me where i from the first time i saw it i loved it and so with this next one, I'm, I'm very excited and hoping the same thing. Got a high bar to live up to. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. Glad I'm not the creators at this point. <laughs> they took five years. It's, I'm hoping. I'm yeah, hoping they it's definitely good. took their time, which makes me super hopeful. And from what we've seen so far, it looks really, really good. There is a high bar to live up to, but if they get high or even close to that bar, it's going to be an unforgettable experience. And I don't think we've talked about it specifically, but I'm pretty sure it'll be our next movie that we talk about on so the too. podcast. We're pretty close. At Unless least. we do fast x (laughs) now people are gonna listen to anything we say (laughs) five stars for fast x too (laughs) five stars five stars for fast x part three there you go well and i I was gonna say so this next the sequel is a part technically a part one and then they're gonna be doing a part two the next year so ending out a cliffhanger or something i I don't know and so that's what i'm saying is i think that they took five years to make it, but I think that they've done the bulk amount of part two as well. I'm pretty sure, yeah, they've kind of planned it and they know where it's going, which makes me excited because last time we had like a really, really good like kind of part one, part two thing with Marvel stuff, I believe would be kind of Infinity War and Endgame. And you really think this about is, how those ended out. Yeah. I'm happy they're doing that. Don't get me wrong. This is my one critique of the movie industry, my one critique. This is a, <laughs> this is one problem I have with the movie industry right now. I don't like the titles that have part one, part two in it. Like, I like how Infinity War and Endgame are basically a part one, part two, but it's not like Avengers, Infinity War, part one, Avengers, Infinity War, part two. I hope they come up with a better name than just Across the Spider-Verse part two. So I, I actually I just think... Like, I just, I think we can get more creative with titles these days. I think that they originally did when they announced it. It was a, this is, you know, Across the Spider-Verse part one and then part two, and then they changed it. Oh, So good. I don't good. know what the part two is called off the top of my head, but I do think that they changed it. I hope so. I, I feel like we're smart enough as a movie mm-hmm. community, you know, to understand that these all tie together. That I mean, we've we've... Moved on from naming every movie like Spider-Man 1, Spider-Man 2, you know, <laughs> to be able to, like, give these proper n- names. I, that's that's 
I'm gonna end this on You're a gonna, downer. I just, I just, so I just looked it up. So the one we talked about today is called Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. The next one that comes out in two weeks is called Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. And then the third one that will be the part two is Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse. Awesome. That's perfect. See, I'm happy with that. Boom. That's great. And it will be one of the best trilogies that's ever existed in the world. But we got to get part two first. (laughs) Josh is going to come back in two weeks, like depressed and like bags under his eyes. It was (laughs) trash. Well, thank you guys. I really appreciate that we had us talk about the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. And we're really looking forward to across the Spider-Verse here in a couple of weeks. Be looking for that one as well. We wanted to say a super huge thank you. We kind of post a little bit about our socials, but we recently crossed 500 subscribers on YouTube. Heck yeah. We're halfway there. We're halfway to our goal of 1,000, and we really appreciate anyone who's taking time to watch any of our videos. And if you're not subscribed, obviously we would really, really appreciate it as it's something that we love doing and we love talking about movies with all of you. Always feel free to leave something in the comments if you have a movie you want to watch or if you know us and you want to be on the podcast, hit us up. That's what I did. (laughs) What up? Like I said, we'll fly you out from Texas. (laughs) No further though. We're not putting that on paper anymore. (laughs) That's not a problem. I didn't come into town for a wedding or anything like that. Shade. But thank you so much for joining us one more time. You know that he's been here in the past. Check out the other episodes he's been on. He mentioned them before. I'm sure he'll be on future ones as well. Hopefully. (laughs) Thank you again so much for tuning into the Pause Rewind Play podcast. We're happy to have you here and we'll see you next time.